Jesus Loves Me, 344. Now, most of us probably have the first verse memorized. It's the rest of the verses that we don't know. Uh, but we'll sing together today, 344, Jesus Loves Me, 344. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so, little ones to Him belong. They are weak, but He is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Jesus loves me, he who died, heaven's gates to open wide, he will 
Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. 
Amen. We didn't plan that to work out that way, but that was so appropriate. We sang Jesus Loves Me and they played it uh, with a good emphasis there. Thank you so much, ladies, for the good job you do. Take your Bible, please, and turn to James chapter 3. We're in the midst of a series in the book of James right now uh, called Practical Christian Living. And uh, we're up to the third chapter, and uh, we're kind of in the middle of that chapter, going to, God willing, finish that up today. This past week, I ran across something that I've had tucked away in my files for many years. I want to share a little bit of it with you this morning. It's a piece called Only in America. Only in America. Only in America can a pizza get to your house faster than an ambulance. Only in America do they have drive-up ATM machines with Braille lettering. Only in America do drugstores make the sick walk all the way to the back of the store to get their prescriptions filled while healthy people can buy cigarettes at the front. (laughs) Only in America do people order double cheeseburgers, large fries, and a Diet Coke. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I just want to point that out. I, I didn't write this. I'm just reading it. Only in America do banks leave both doors open and chain the pins to the counter. Only in America do we buy hot dogs in packages of ten and buns in packages of eight. Only in America do we leave cars worth thousands and thousands of dollars in the driveway and put our useless junk in the garage. And finally... Only in America do we use the word politics to describe the process so well. Poly from the Latin meaning many and ticks meaning blood-sucking creatures. <laughs> now again, I didn't write that. I'm just sharing it. But under the title it said it's so true, it's painful. When you think about all of that that I just read, we can begin to kind of question our intelligence. We can begin to kind of wonder about our wisdom. And I want to talk to you today about wisdom. I want to talk to you about uh, a few minutes here, uh, this whole idea of uh, what does wisdom look like? What does wisdom look like? When you think about wisdom, uh, what comes to your mind? When you think about a wise person, uh, who is it that you uh, picture? Do you picture maybe a nuclear scientist or a... Uh, a rocket scientist or a nuclear physicist, um, uh, maybe a computer programmer or someone with uh, more letters behind their name than is in the English alphabet. And you look at that person and say, wow, they're a really wise person. What does wisdom look like? Well, in reality, it depends on which wisdom we're talking about. Did you realize that there are two types or two kinds of wisdom? But I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to see it in God's Word And in the book of James that we're currently studying here, the Lord places two types of wisdom before us. So you've got your place there in James chapter 3. And we're going to be reading verses 13 through 18 today and actually finishing up uh, this third chapter. So chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. The Bible says in James 3, 13 through 18, these words, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envying and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But, notice the contrast, the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, 
full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And did you happen to notice the two types of wisdom there? There's the wisdom from below and the wisdom from above. Put it a different way. There's earthly wisdom and there's heavenly wisdom. Put it yet a different way. There's natural wisdom and there's supernatural wisdom. One more way. There's the devil's wisdom and there's God's wisdom. And so I want to think about wisdom for a little bit this morning and talk to you about these two different types of wisdom. And I want to ask some questions and answer them from the Scripture today. First of all, we need to consider this question, what is wisdom? Before we can talk about heavenly wisdom and devil's wisdom and that sort of thing, what is wisdom anyway? When you think about wisdom, how do you define that word? Well, uh, it's more than knowledge. It's more than facts and figures. It's more than information. You know, we have more information at our fingertips than ever in the history of man. You can go today, you can pull out your phone right now. Maybe some of you are on your phone right now. I'm sure you're reading your Bible though and, and tweeting all these wonderful things you're hearing. But anyway, you, you can pull it out and you can Google and you can ask anything and all sorts of things. And there's all kinds of information and, and knowledge before you there in just a matter of milliseconds. But, beloved, knowledge does not automatically guarantee wisdom. You see, wisdom is more than knowledge. Wisdom, beloved, is the proper use of knowledge in our lives. It's the proper use of knowledge in our lives. It's the idea of living skillfully. And so a wise person is one who takes the knowledge, puts it to use in their life, and they live skillfully. It's not just being smart. It's living smart. It's putting to use the knowledge that you have before you into your life and living a wise life. You ever known someone who, I mean, they were really smart, but their life was a mess? You ever known somebody that they were so smart they were dumb, they don't look around, don't anything, keep your eyes up here. Cause, but anyway, uh, you ever known someone they were so smart they were dumb? I mean, they just hardly could function. They had all this knowledge, but they just couldn't put it to use. You see, true wisdom is more than just what I say. It's how I live. In other words, true wisdom is going to come out in my life. It's going to show in my life. I like the way the Bible Knowledge Commentary said it. Wisdom is not measured by degrees, but by deeds. It's not measured by degrees, but by deeds. It's not a matter of acquiring truth in lectures, but acquiring truth or applying truth to life. And you see that in verse 13, by the way. Did you notice it talks about that in verse 13? Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show. Not just say. Not just parade a degree. And not just parade around knowledge. He says here, let him show how. By good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. And so we know what wisdom is. It's more than just knowledge. It's wise living. It's living skillfully. It's putting to use the knowledge before us. That's wisdom. Well, let's talk about the two types of wisdom. First of all, we want to talk about what is earthly wisdom. What is earthly wisdom? Well, it's described for us here. We just read about it. And I want to walk through some of those traits with you. First of all, earthly wisdom, it says, is envious. It says that in verse 14. It says that in verse 16. Uh, earthly wisdom is focused on what somebody else has. Envy, envy follows along the path of the devil. 
Why? Because the devil was envious and he wanted to be like the Most High God. He wants to receive worship. He wanted Jesus even to fall down and worship before Him. And envy is desiring something someone else has. And beloved, it is not just a petty sin. It is wicked, it is evil, and it is devilish. And you need to teach your kids. I'm talking about family today. I think about something Adrian Rogers said years and years ago. Teach them that somebody else's gain is not your loss. Somebody else's gain is not your loss. We're to rejoice with those who rejoice. And when someone else is blessed and someone else is promoted, we should rejoice in that, not envy that. Earthly wisdom is envious. It's also self-seeking. Verses 14 and 16 again. Listen to verses 14 and 16. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. Verse 16, For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Self-seeking fits right along with envy, doesn't it? It's all about what is good for the one who has this kind of wisdom. What's in it for me? What do I get out of it? It's all about self-exaltation and self-glorying. And beloved, is that not what the world teaches us today? Is that not what is promoted today? Look out for yourself. Look out for number one. Pull yourself up. Promote yourself. Exalt yourself. But what does Jesus say to us? He says we're to die to ourselves. We're to take up our cross and follow Him. But this earthly wisdom is all about what I can get, what I can have, what I desire, how I can glory. And then it says that there's three other things about this. It says it's earthly, it's sensual, and it's demonic. That, that term earthly there means it's worldly. It, it's this earthly wisdom. It's here. It, there's no accounting for the truth. There's no accounting for the Word of God. There's no accounting for the Bible. It's what can we do on a human level? It's earthly. Then it says it is sensual. And that can be understood, if you will, as natural. In other words, this is human wisdom. Human wisdom. What can we do within ourselves with our brains, what can we come up with as human? And then it says, beloved, and I want you to notice this, it is demonic. It's demonic. Did you notice that? Verse 15, this wisdom does not descend from above. It's not heavenly wisdom. It's earthly, sensual, and demonic. Please understand that behind our world's philosophies, Behind the human wisdom and worldly wisdom is the devil himself. And it's not a pretty picture. And I want you to see where it leads. It says very clearly in the Scripture that it leads, first of all, to confusion. Did you notice that in verse 16? It says, For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Now, how could it be otherwise? If the best that we have to go on are man's opinions and man's wisdom, and what the wisest people we can come up with can come up with their own brains and their findings. And by the way, all of them can't agree and they disagree one with another. Doesn't that lead to confusion? And we see it in our world today. You say, well, what do you mean we see it in our world today? Beloved, we're living in a world where people don't know which bathroom to use. We're living in a world today that don't, they don't understand that marriage is between a man and a woman. We're living in a world today where they don't even know what gender a person is. Why? Because earthly wisdom, human wisdom leads to what? Confusion. Because it leaves out the truth. And it leaves out God. 
And notice not only does it lead to confusion, it says it leads to every evil thing. This earthly, worldly, devilish wisdom is going to lead to all kinds of sin, immorality, evil. Why? Because if there's no moral absolute, if there's no standard that some things are right and some things are wrong, then that means everything goes. And there's all kinds of evil things. And so, beloved, this earthly wisdom, what does it lead us to? Well, it leads to a dark, tangled, ugly mess. Without God, we are in a mess. Man claims to be searching for wisdom. And some of them give up in frustration. Why? Because wisdom is not found out there. And it's not found in here. Wisdom is found in Jesus Christ. He is wisdom. Listen to these verses from the Word of God. Jot the references down if you'd like. 1 Corinthians 1.24 1 Corinthians 1.24 But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Same book, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. 1 Corinthians 1.30 But of Him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And Colossians. We just studied the book of Colossians in our revival meeting. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 3, talking about Jesus, in whom are hidden all the treasures, listen, of wisdom and knowledge. You say, well, where's wisdom found? In a man named Jesus Christ. He's our wisdom. And the wise man or woman may not look like what we think they should look like. You see, it's not about IQ. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. I love the old evangelist Vance Havner. And he's in heaven now. But Vance Havner was right when he once noted that many college professors are searching for wisdom. They're searching for wisdom while the janitors that clean their offices may have discovered it years ago. Think about that. See, earthly wisdom leads to a dark, tangled, ugly mess, confusion in every evil thing. And beloved, we need wisdom. Would you agree with that? We need wisdom. The older I get and the more I live, I find myself more and more praying for wisdom. When someone asks, what can I pray for you about? I ask them to pray for wisdom. We've got to have wisdom. We need wisdom to live our lives for the Lord Jesus. But we need heavenly wisdom. We need godly wisdom. We need wisdom that is true wisdom. And that begins with Jesus Christ. And I wonder, do you know Jesus Christ today? The Bible says that we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the Bible says if we'll turn from our sin and place our faith in Jesus Christ, He'll forgive us our sin, save us, give us a home in heaven, make us an heir and joint heir with Jesus Christ, a child of God. And you can have that eternal life today if you'll turn from your sin and place your faith in Christ. You see, heavenly wisdom begins with Christ. And it includes some things as well. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, it includes the using of Scripture. The revelation of God. Praying for wisdom. And also seeking the advice of those who are godly people. Godly counselors. Godly advisors. So let's answer this question. What is heavenly wisdom? Because that's what we need. We know it begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, notice the next two verses, 17 and 18. 
But the wisdom that is from above, notice the contrast. This is a different type of wisdom. This wisdom is not from below, it's from above. And notice what it is. It's pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Now, when you read that, if you're familiar with the Scripture, it sounds a lot like something else in the Bible. It sounds a lot like what? The fruit of the Spirit, doesn't it? That the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, goodness, meekness, self-control, and so forth. It sounds a lot like the fruit of the Spirit. And of course it does. You know why, beloved? Because the Spirit of God always leads in line with the Word of God. He wrote this book using human authors. He wrote it. And the wisdom that is from above is God's wisdom. And notice that God's wisdom is not self-seeking. And it's not self-exalting. No, it's God-exalting. And it's a blessing to our neighbor. I love the way the NLT translated verse 17. Listen to what the NLT translated, how they did it. But the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. It's also peace-loving, gentle at all times, willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and fruits of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. Beloved, that is heavenly wisdom. That is godly wisdom. That is wisdom from above. That is true wisdom. And you know what results in? Not confusion. Not every evil deed. It results in something wonderful. It results in righteousness and it results in peace. Look at verse 18. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Notice the contrast. Earthly wisdom, there's confusion. Heavenly wisdom, there is peace. Notice the the contrast again. Earthly wisdom, every kind of evil thing and deed and sin. Notice the contrast. Heavenly wisdom, there is righteousness. Beloved, to really answer the question of the message, what does wisdom look like? It looks like Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And the great thing about it, beloved, is this heavenly wisdom is available to us without tuition and without good SAT scores. It's available to anyone who will take the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior and then appropriate the wisdom that God has graciously given us through His Holy Spirit, His Word, godly counsel, and prayer. Did you know it's, a, it's possible to have an inferior education and yet be really, really wise? And it's also possible to be highly educated and to be really foolish. There's a difference. There's a difference. I close with a story from many, many years ago. Alexander Grigolia had immigrated to America from Soviet Georgia. And uh, he learned English. And Grigolia, he earned three doctoral degrees. And he became a successful professor at the University of Pennsylvania. But despite his freedoms and despite his achievements, he had a misery in his heart that it seemed nothing could dislodge. And one day he was there getting his shoes shined. And he noticed that the boot black back in that day went about his work with a sense of joy and he was there scrubbing and buffing and smiling and talking. And finally Dr. Grigolia could stand it no longer and he said in a very funny sounding accent, what always you so happy? What always you so happy? 
And looking up, the boot black there is shining his shoes. He paused and replied these words, Jesus, He loved me. He died so God could forgive my badness. He make me happy. And Dr. Gregolia there getting his shoes shined, he stamped his newspaper back in front of his face and the boot black went to work. Now, beloved, you tell me. You tell me who was truly wise. The three-time doctor, university professor, or the man who was shining his shoes? Who's truly wise? Oh, but I've got to tell you the rest of the story. I've got to tell you the rest of the story. Dr. Gregolia could never escape those words. The words that Bootblack told him as he was shining his shoes. And the words that that fellow shared with Dr. Gregolia eventually brought him to the Savior himself. And Dr. Gregolia later became a professor of anthropology at Wheaton College. And he taught a student that you just might be familiar with. A man by the name of Billy Graham. Beloved, there's a difference between earthly wisdom, the best man can offer, and heavenly wisdom, what God has given. Which are you following? Let's bow in prayer. Before I pray, while your head is bowed and your eyes are closed, have you met Jesus Christ as your Savior? If not, why not today? In a moment, we're going to be singing a closing song, an invitation song, and I would invite you to come. I'll be down front here. And this is not a time to call you out, embarrass you, or anything like that. It's just I'll receive you and we'll take a Bible and share Christ with you. And you can have assurance of your salvation before you leave this place today. If you've already received Christ, let me ask you, whose wisdom are you going on today? Are you taking advantage of God's good gifts? Are you following the leading of the Holy Spirit? Are you praying for wisdom? Are you in the Word of God seeking out the will of God? Are you seeking godly counsel? Are you walking in heavenly wisdom and godly wisdom? Or are you being sucked into the world's wisdom? Because there is a difference. Maybe God is speaking to your heart today and you need to come and pray. The altar's open. We would invite you to come as well. Father, thank you for Christ. Thank you for the wisdom that is ours if we receive Christ and walk according to your instruction. I pray, Lord, if anybody here does not know you, this will be the hour they turn from their sin and place their faith in Christ. And I pray for my brothers and sisters, and I pray for myself, Lord, that we would truly walk in heavenly, godly wisdom. The world is doing its best to mold us and shape us and get us to follow its pattern. Lord, may we instead follow you. Thank you for love. Thank you for grace. Thank you for the cross and the empty tomb. Holy Spirit, have your will and your way in this place today. And we'll be sure, Father, to give you all the honor and all the glory for what you do here. And we pray this in Christ's holy and precious name. Amen. Our closing hymn is 295. There is a place of quiet rest dear to the heart of God. And the altar is open. We invite you to come to the rest and be saved. You want to come pray?